Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, hello and good day, human family, cosmic family. What a privilege and honor to be with you today. We have another fantastic episode. We have astrologer Deborah Silverman on the show, and we talk about astrology, the Aquarian age, and falling in love with your fate. This is a very great episode. It's very interesting because she has actually a background in psychotherapy, really wise, really knowledgeable, and is also an incredible astrologer. So we talk about a lot of different things. We talk about um, observing your life from the observer's point of view, astrology being the oldest science on earth, uh, the missing element, taking responsibility, a view on enlightenment, the need for transparency, how to, oh, I love this, how to fall in love with your fate. Love that. That's so good. Uh, We talk about coming into the Aquarian age, the Hopi prophecy of the fifth world, being radically authentic, and so much more. This is a fantastic episode. I know that you're going to enjoy it. If you like it, please take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, let me know where you're listening, share on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, That really helps to get the word out. The other thing that you can do is you can leave a review in iTunes. Those help so much for rankings and all this different different kind of algorithms that go on so please leave a review in itunes um but the best thing that you can do is do one kind act today please go out there do something nice for someone else that'll show you actually get the message of what i'm intending for this podcast and for the planet just a little bit more kindness a little bit more compassion for ourselves and others so that wraps that up Uh, for those of you guys who want some coaching i have designed specific programs for those people who really want to level up you want to move from where you are wherever that is into to a life that you're more passionate about, where you find inspiration, where you're living from the heart, where you're finding your soul's purpose, your life's purpose, your calling, whatever you want to call it, um, there's a specific program for that that I put together that walks you through the steps from A to Z. And then it's really actually a simple process. We're just not... Um, used to asking the right questions to doing these processes to uncover our highest and greatest joy and then we move into strategic planning and peak performance mindfulness consciousness a law of attraction all of that kind of stuff is covered so if you're interested in that just uh, send a note to matt at zenathlete.com and for those of you who are currently kicking butt you're successful entrepreneurs you're peak performers and you want to know how to get that extra edge i definitely have programs for that because is what I am always doing. I'm always looking for that edge for myself, um, for my clients, and to just to get the most out of life and to do it from the most empowering perspective. So if you want me to do some coaching, some training, or any kind of strategic big picture vision planning, I'm also very good at that. Hit me up at matt at zenathlete.com. It'll be a privilege to work with you, your company, speak to your staff, whatever the case may be. So just make an inquiry and we'll make it happen. Um, I think that wraps it up. Oh, no, I want to thank my partner, my sponsor, the Himalaya Podcast app. They're an incredible app. They're free. 
They're easy to use, and it's a great way to find new podcasts. They allow you to make um, playlists with different episodes in them, so you can save that playlist, you can share playlists, you can communicate and connect with other podcast listeners. People listen to the same shows, different shows, so it's a fantastic way to discover new shows, to explore podcasting, and a little tip that I like to do is, you know, I find 1.25 for me is really great when I go to the gym. I just speed it up a little bit. I'm able to consume a lot of content, but I'm also able to um, understand it. Some shows you can go 1.5, but I find if it's really deep, which is usually what I'm listening to, I need to kind of slow it down and concentrate on what I'm hearing. So um, I know that these episodes are long, so that's uh, a helpful tip for you to be able to cram more information in your brain. Um, So yeah, when you're over there, make sure you give the master mind, body, and spirit show a follow. That's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A over on the iTunes and App Store and uh, all places where apps exist. All right, so I think that wraps it up. Thank you to all my patrons. I really am so grateful for your support. It really helps me uh, to continue the podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And before we get into this episode, let's just come to a state of peace and coherence. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly, filling yourself with joy, peace, empowerment, connection, self-acceptance, love, abundance. All right, we are ready to get into this incredible episode with Deborah Silverman. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is part astrologer, part psychologist, part comedian, and all real. Over the past 40 years of private practice, she has helped thousands of individuals achieve emotional health and wisdom based on their unique personality and the four elements water, air, earth, and fire. Her mothering approach to understanding people has allowed her to work with thousands of people, including celebrities like Sting, Madonna, and others. Welcome to the show, Deborah Silverman. How are you? I'm so excited. Amazing. Me too. We're alive. Kind of threw, yeah, we're live. Yeah, you threw me off in the, in the beginning with the pinch, but I got through it. It's in the left-hand corner of my page right here, live. That's it. Yep. We're doing it. Live on Facebook. It's happening. So I got to look at, you have a book. I don't know when you released that, but your book looks very interesting, but I got to dive into some of your work. Um, I am a fan of psychology. Um, I'm a fan of astrology. I think that's interesting. And you're weaving a lot of different things together um, to help people improve their lives. Um, So why don't you just give people a little bit of background about who you are, um, what you've been doing, and uh, what you're up to today? (laughs) <laughs> okay, it's, it's a long story. I'm going to make it super short. Um, I had a ridiculously crazy family. It's kind of like the Woody Allen would have come to our house and taken pictures of my whole family and never had to change the outfits because they were like these Jewish kind of crazy people. And it, it fascinated me to understand why they were so quirky. So I take a, took a dive in Canada, in Toronto, started to study astrology. Sorry, beep, beep, beep. Started with psychology. and I was also a dance therapist. I was dancing and I was studying psychology and I was asking this really specific question like, what is wrong with these people? And then as I got into the quality of understanding through astrology, I had compassion, but through psychology, I just got confused. So I married psychology and astrology in the name of compassion. And then uh, that was a hundred million years ago. That was really in the eighties. It's kind of funny to think. Actually, it started in the seventies. It's such a funny thought time. I can't do time. And then fast forward after 
getting a graduate degree in clinical psychology and continually studying stars, I began to see, wow, there's a design. As Einstein said, God's not playing with dice. Like there's really, a, there's really an order to what your karma is, better known as what your story is. And once you unravel it and you start to get underneath the mystery of it and ask really deep questions, you suddenly get like, oh my God, now I understand that brother that drove me crazy. Or now I get why my dad was like that. And compassion starts to spread and that changes the world. So I now have a school online where I have hundreds of people come to study with me and I've trained many astrologers and I teach people how to see their story from the angle of the observer, which is what my book is about, The Missing Element, is compassion. If you turn, the book is The Missing Element, but if you turn on your observer and you start to look at your life from the angle of, I pretend like I'm looking through God's eyes, like what was going on? Like, why am I put in this stupid story? That's what I call them, stupid stories. What is this stupid story supposed to be teaching me? And then eventually, when I, because I worked really hard, eventually you suddenly go, oh, there's a pattern. Like I have repetitive, you all have repetitive patterns. Have a drink on me. I'm enjoying this. You going to continue? Yeah. So the patterns are described by your, th that word's so vague, karma. My car ran over my karma. No, my dogma ran over my karma. No, my car ran over my dogma. You ever heard that? First time. I like it though. My, my, dog <laughs> ran over, my dogma ran over my karma. But I mean, there are such weird words. But the point of the story is that there's repetitive patterns that reoccur that are easily described in astrology. And from the observer's point of view, there's this lovely, funny, gentle, kind, fascinated angle that makes the whole thing like even, you know, we're, I'm in America, even looking at a president that you might not like, when your observer's on, you're like, how did that happen? Versus, ew, you know, that whole judgment thing. So I practice a neutral witnessing that even when I'm, and I, you know, of course, life always throws you these hardballs, like try and be observant about this one. And then it hurts a lot. And then you say, okay, I'm practicing. So it's a practice, an ongoing practice brought to you by psychology and astrology that says, how do you fall in love with your fate and not judge the creator because you have stupid stories? That's a very fascinating sentence. I have a lot of things I'm gonna throw at you and I like the beginning of how this is going. How do you fall in love with your fate? It's very interesting. So I'm gonna throw a lot your way and then you can just pick at whatever you wish. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about astro astrology, where that comes from, if somebody's never heard of it, just so they can kind of understand it what it is a little bit about it um and the way that you're kind of going i like the idea of the observer and even observing from the view of god's eyes i think that's a very interesting perspective um one of the things i learned as a meditation technique years ago is um you'd have like a council if you had a qu uh, uh, question you might have a council so on my council i've got bruce lee i've got socrates and you just imagine having a conversation with them and you can even just do a you know a game where you pretend you are them solving the same problem so it's a really interesting and just by doing that you think you're, you're changing the way you think through imagination it's a very powerful process so i really like that um what you said there about observing through god's eyes so what i would love for you to speak on is how do we break some of those patterns that we have? Like we're aware and we just keep running these patterns. How do we break it? And when you're talking about the observer, life is challenging. And you said life will throw you a hard ball, fastball, curveball, whatever it is. Um, I see it as this like, I've got the Zen philosophy of like being peaceful and content no matter what's happening. 
And also, I'm a human being, and I am made to grow, to explore, to experience, to create. And then what happens to most people is they want to create. Then once they've created, then they believe fulfillment will happen. But I think it's like both. It's the yin-yang. You want to create and grow from a state of contentment. And so how do you marry those things? thoughts okay you've asked 14 questions let's start yeah, with the a thought. lot yeah <laughs> you threw a lot at me first so i figured you'd be I, able to I, handle I, it I no problem I, I did warn you i did warn you so i so i just went to this um national geographic museum like four days ago in washington dc and it was an egyptian show oh my god it was so amazing and i kept because it's all hieroglyphics and i kept going where's the astrology but they don't tell you astrology sourced it's the oldest science on earth in Egypt with hieroglyphics in Mesopotamia. And they don't know, just like they don't know the pyramids and how they got here, they don't know how this model of 12 archetypes became part of our language. Because everyone, you know what your sun sign is. Everyone around the, um, North America, if I say to you, what sign are you? You'll answer. How did that get into the zeitgeist? Like, why does everybody know the answer? They don't know what it means, but they know what their sun sign is. So the first answer to your question is, it's an ancient echo of some wisdom that was put into the collective unconscious that has great value, but it under you know, religious order, it was undervalued and considered, I love that it was considered black magic, like you can't talk astrology. And women were never allowed to play astrology. That's the other interesting part. Like only men were ever allowed to be astrologers in the chambers of the kings and the queens or in holy courts where they were in councils, just what you said. So that's ancient, but now my job this life has been to modernize it and bring astrology into the zeitgeist where it's simply understood. Like I, I teach astrology like, it's so much fun, like a sixth grade teacher. And at the end you're like, oh my God, like you're Mr. Fireman, your chart has so much fire. Like, well, that explains everything. I get so excited, I jump off cliffs and I like to take adventures and I hate when things go slow and I get really blunt. Welcome to Matt. Am I right or am I right? Um, it's pretty accurate, yeah, I think so. I like moving very quickly. Hello. Straightforward, yeah. That's fire, you can't do pop. Fire only runs one temperature, mm. hot. So you're saying I'm fire? You're lots of fire. You oh, okay. Have so much fire in your chart. Oh, cool. Well, also, people should know that I gave you uh, my date of birth, my place. And so, also, the time matters, right? You need to know what time oh. and what date of birth. And how, how come the, the place, because you'll know the location of the stars from where the person was born? Because believe it or not, it's based on literally the moment where you were born, what was on in the sky, and what was at the eastern horizon in Canada. Where were you born? In Cambridge. Yeah, Ontario. Cambridge, Ontario. Yeah. So right at that moment, we take a snapshot of the photo of the sky, and that determined, I mean, it's ridiculous. If you ask me, it's completely bizarre, but you have a lot of fire in your chart, and you are a very advanced thinker. You cannot follow for the life of you. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> See, and that's how quick. So this is back to astrology, starting with that first question. You identify the patterns that become your true essence, and then I give you permission slips so you can fall in love with your fate. Because you can't, if I said to you, Matt, can you slow down? You'd be like, ew, good luck. Or can you just follow and be normal? And you'd be like, like, why don't you stop exercising? You'd be like, don't tell me what to do. It's true. And you know, when I did, I had 
done an astrology reading from somebody who was very highly recommended a long time ago. And um, I was really shocked at how accurate it was because you couldn't change it with anybody else that I knew. Like that's one of the, you know, vetting process I'll do with like different people with different, you know, uh, let's, some of them will say people with abilities, like intuitive abilities, that's one thing, but then you've got systems like astrology is a system, numerology, all the different ones. I kind of see what comes back and then I compare it to, could I switch out my sister? Could I switch out my best friend? How accurate and vague is it? And astrology, you, you really couldn't. And, and one thing that I, I like, and I thought about was like, if nothing in this universe is accidental, if every single person on this planet is divine, is perfect, is, you know, a part of this big universal play, you know, everything has its spot that obviously the date and time and everything in your, in your birth would matter linked up to what's going on in the stars. And we've been looking at the stars for as long as I could, as long as humanity has been around and it's ancient. So that's what I'll, I'll share, share with that. What do you think? Exactly. Ding, ding, ding. Very good. Very good. Yeah. So it's seeing through God's eyes and I don't think everything's perfect. I hate those sentences. I hate that spiritual shit. It's okay to swear. I, I mean, it's just, <laughs> I call them fat sentences. Like everything's perfect and it's all meant to be. And you create your own reality. And I'm like, oh, be quiet. I mean, there's some truth to it, but when it becomes so generalized like that, it makes me mad. I hear you. Yeah. No, it's definitely going to, like, uh, some people will take the law of attraction a little bit too far. So I like the idea, like, sometimes it's still like a painful p pill to swallow. But the one thing I'll think of, like, something negative happens, like, I don't think, like, oh, it's perfect. I think, how do I respond to this? I have to accept it. So, in a sense, it, it must be perfect, but it's the perfect idea makes you feel like, Oh, like, or like, why did I attract this? Why did I attract, you know, getting hit by this? But maybe it just happened. And in, in, in uh, the olden times, they would say like, um, what did they say? Like, you know, God willing, because people would die of like the flu and all kinds of stuff all the time. And um, maybe you do attract it, but the power is in how you, do you respond to what is happening? So I think they're true, but I, I definitely also see what you're saying where it gets kind of get blanket statement, really kind of soft. Exactly. And when life throws you those curveballs and life is not quote unquote perfect, the question for everyone always is, what should I be learning? And if everyone always asks that one question, that's like my one in the book, The Missing Element that I've written. The only thing that I think is the takeaway is compassion comes when you say, stupid stories happen to everyone what should I be learning? And as soon as you're humble to ask that question, the magic begins. Yeah. And I, I love that. Go ahead. I've lived a life of magic. I mean, I can, you know, having worked with Sting and Madonna and having had the um, success I've had this life, which was not easily earned, it was work, but, and it's always been my promise to my soul, to my kids, to my life, to my friends, please, let's stay awake. And what does it mean to be awake? It means that I will not take the victim position of poor me. I'm so screwed. You're, so, you're an idiot. And I'm an, I continually take on the posture that says, help me see this from the point of view of my responsibility. It's an amazing angle. It just, it's just effort. It's like you have to go uphill because it's so much easier to fall asleep and get all cuddly and just have potato chips. So if you're going to stay awake, you have to put the potato chips down. You got to eat the organic food. You got to figure out what you're going to do for your exercise. You got to make sure you drink a lot of water. And, you know, it's, it's effort. 
A hundred percent. Yeah. I remember having a discussion with my friend. Uh, we were at this uh, Tao Te Ching class with these two incredible teachers from Taiwan. They were, they were just absolutely phenomenal. Um, but we were talking about enlightenment and, and we, we discussed some of the fluffiness and how that's kind of going, you know, a little bit too far, too far right or whatever you might want to say, just um, not as grounded. And one of the things he said was like, you know, to me, enlightenment more over the last few years has been more responsibility you know, showing up on time, doing the little things, you know, just being more. And I was like, that's it. And, you know, I, originally you have this idea of like floating in the clouds and everything is perfect and it's magical and so easy. It's just like, that doesn't happen. You just have a, a better ability to respond to what's happening and also a willingness to see the stuff you don't like. Most people are like, I don't want to hear that. And what you're suggesting is inviting that in, being a free space to say, hey, if, if I miss something and, it, and even though it's not going to feel good, just tell me. And that way I can course correct, know that and make a different choice to have exactly. a different result. And especially in relationships when you're with your partner, this is where the grist is the, like where the tires hit the ground is you're with your partner and your partner forgets your, your birthday and then you get your feelings certain. Then you try to pretend it doesn't hurt and then it really does hurt. And then you avoid it and then you stash it. And then all that small little stuff, Instead of facing reality and walking straight in and saying, my feelings are hurt, I'm fully responsible because I'm too sensitive. I'll own it. But I really want to say to you, can you just go get me a birthday card? Because if we don't do this now, it will be poison underneath the system. And relationships is where everything, I mean, all the spiritual, spiritual stuff goes out the window as soon as your partner does something you don't like. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I've 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 actually used an analogy before. It's just like I've observed at festivals and a lot of different places where um, people who are out there, you know, they're they're very very spiritual until something challenging happens, and then all of a sudden, you know, like they're spiritual when like their clothes are clean and everything's all right, and you know, they're they're you know everything's as it should be. But festivals get super challenging, like crazy stuff happens. You have to deal with the elements. You have to deal with people. You have to deal with stuff that all of a sudden everything has gone haywire. And then how do you respond in that situation? It's not who are you at your best when everything's perfect. It's who are you when everything is challenging you. And the example for me is quite simple. When I think about martial arts where, you know, a fighter, you know, if you're a fighter in a cage, you know, it's all good to hit a punching bag, but who are you once you start getting hit and then you're down? That's like, oh my goodness, like all of your strength and your stamina and, and, and you can see like, um, you know, I have some friends that are really good fighters and they just say like, you know, it's like one of the most intimate experiences because you're both like just testing how good you can be in a competitive way, although it is, it is quite violent, but it's like this very... <laughs> like honest thing you you pull out like what you are so in that sense is like can we still be spiritual and kind and compassionate when we're just getting kicked and it's not and no and most people like you have so much fire you're such a warrior by the way mr aries with Leo <laughs> Rising. you have you're a full-on fighter but the kind fighter i love in martial arts because one of my sons is an aries and i watched him was the fighter was to know how not to fight like how do you keep your awareness on how do you stay present but in relationships, I just, I, some part of me is like a little bit of a voyeur or like Casper the ghost where I want to sneak in people's houses and watch them have a fight. And then all of a sudden the spiritual spiritual person turns into this bitch. And then you're like, see, and that's when the tires hit the ground. And that's really compassionate because you have to say, listen, humans by nature, 
we burp, we fart, we, you know, we're sick, we're, we smell funny, we, we are jealous, we have greed, we, we're just the weirdest creatures ever. And we never, spiritual people never talk about that. Like, what do you do when you feel unworthy? How do you deal with feeling like you're not pretty? What happens when you gain weight? Oh, what happens when you age? You know, all these things that never get addressed. Yeah. I love those things. I love, I love speaking to the unspeakable and making fun of people. <laughs> yeah well it's good to be lighthearted, and i like that uh you know you use comedy that's one thing that i feel like i could use more because i um i have a lot of fun with my friends but always on the podcast I've, i seem to be always talking about real stuff like all the time and even with my friends it seems to be like i'm fine with having fun but i want to know how you are first you know tell me how you are if there's something serious then tell me about it but generally um, even my good friends, they don't like to talk about the serious stuff in their lives. And I think that you need to process that stuff openly with somebody who cares about you to be able to have an honest conversation, to clear that stuff out. Um, and then, you know, you can go into pissing around and making fun of your buddies. But I think there needs to be a level of honesty and, um, yeah, compassion for your friends. And, and really transparency. Like, I wish, yes. so much, I wish so much people would just say, instead of saying, hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Um, I wish they would say things like, how are you? You know what? I really feel depressed. Like, what if that sentence was part of the conversation? Or, or you know, my girlfriend last night, I just found out what she did. I can't, I'm so upset. But we never share that stuff. And so that's where the spirituality becomes sour. Because when you're doing it, when it's easy, you said it so well, you're gliding around in the pillow and you're seeing your higher self and you're doing meditation and you're sitting by, and then the relationship happens and poof. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, well, what I want to ask you then is, you know, with what you've learned, like, how do we come into finding, like, you know, you talk a little bit of life purpose or, or how did you phrase it? Like being okay with your karma or your path? I really liked it. Falling in love with your fate. Yeah. So how do we do that? How, how do we find it? We don't know what we're doing here. It's confused. I got to pay bills. I got people cut me off in traffic. I don't know. You know, I got kids driving me nuts, you know? How do I find my so purpose and fall in love with this? The first thing you do is you get your chart done. So in your case, I would say to you, if you were sitting with your partner or you were sitting with whoever and you wanted to understand you, I'd say, listen, this guy has excessive energy. And if you tell him that he has to sit down or he has to stop moving or he has to stop expressing new ideas, you're going to hurt him. And he will shapeshift for you for 10 minutes, but he'll come back to the fire because he can't squish it. So if I give you a chart reading and I explain your character, and you fall in love with it, and you say to your partner or your mom or your kid or whoever, listen, I may have a temper, but please don't take this personally. I can't change my nature. I can say I'm sorry when it's over. I can learn mastery over that fire element by exercising regularly so I don't you know, have it show up in weird ways. But I can't turn down my fire just because you want me to be quiet when we go to your family's party. I'm going to be the one that turns up the music. And if your partner says, tone it down, you're going to be like, oh, here we go again. So the first step is get your chart done. And we have a whole host of certified astrologers on my site that I've trained rigorously, so they're really good. And then once that's done and you fall in love with you, you really understand, like, listen, if, like, I have a lot of error, so I'm an airhead. Like, I forget my name. I forget where I'm going. If my assistant today was so cute, she wrote me and said, I said, I'm doing a podcast. Tell me again, do I have to, like, put some cut my, you know, brush my hair. Cause I, cause a podcast is usually just auditory. And she was like, didn't you read? I was like, Oh God, here we go again. I forgot to read the details. So my ear had had to 
be humbled instead of getting mad at myself and going, you're always like, because that's the internal dialogue. It's not just the people in the world that judge us. It's our internal dialogue. And what astrology does is it gives you compassion to go, I'm such a cute little airhead. You know, it's, I'm kind of endearing by my idiot behavior, which at times where I can't find my purse, I'm like, not that again. So, but then as the years have gone on, I leave my purse in the car and I hide it. So I don't always lose it. And I, you know, there's ways to manage and use that personality trait that won't go away and tell your partner, don't get mad at me if I'm late, says the person with no earth in their chart. I can't do time. Now you can get mad at me for our whole relationship or you can accept it and maybe I'll even become more compassionate to myself. So all the personality types come with qualities that don't go away. And the older you get, said the 60,000 year old person, the worse they get or the better they get depending on how you see it. Like you're always going to be blunt. That's not going away. Yeah, I'm pretty blunt. I, well, it's interesting because I'd say I'm a mix of my my father and mother. My father's French Canadian and very direct, and my mother is extremely compassionate. Um, so I feel like I need to say it. Um, I just try to say it nicely, you know. But it's like it's getting said. Um, so I definitely agree with, with that idea. And would this work into what people will talk about, like shadow work? Like you're suggesting, like. You know, I've done a lot of different personality types. There's Myers-Briggs. There's a Luminous one. Or Lumina uh, was a really interesting one, my, my chart. And, you know, I find some of them to be fairly accurate. And then I can be aware of what I'm not so great at. And so once I'm aware of, like, what, what I'm not so great at, like, what do you suggest for um, just accepting those parts of you? Do you work? You like, have you, to you, fall in love. You have to fall in love with Matt. Like, it's not easy. It sounds so easy. But you have to really go into, like, Oh my God, I am such a airhead. Like, I'll just use mine. And that entitles me to incredible gift with writing, with speaking, with being able to teach. But it doesn't give me the gift of being able to, at times, remember where I put shit. So I, I know where my qualities are strengths and I fall in love with that. And then I give myself a little bit of a compassionate hug and have a great assistant. I mean, there's ways to deal with at a concrete level, what are you going to do about those? The blunt side of you knows that if you can be gentle after you say it, because you can't not say it, that's going to keep you healthy. So it's simply learning. This is why I wish everyone on the planet learned astrology, because they would have far more understanding of their kid, of their husband, of you know their neighbors. Like, oh, my, like my brother learned astrology from me, and my dad had no error, so he never talked. And his, my whole life, my brother was like, what's wrong with dad? You know, he never engages with me. Like, excuse me, he doesn't use words. He shows you his love by actions. And once he figured it out, he stopped being so pissed at my dad. Just like that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's a really good point of just understanding where people are coming from, how they navigate the world, you know, a neurolinguistic program that talk about uh, mental maps and just people perceive the world and they act in the world differently and that's their nature and what we can do as people is we take it personally because we want them to um, experience like the real world and give us what we need but they don't even know because they're, they're totally opposite. And so then we're causing suffering within ourselves. Number one, how we treat ourselves. And number two, all the others outside of you, not giving you what you need and then thinking that they know. And then we go get lonely. I mean, the whole problem with isolation and why there's drug addiction is such a bad problem on our planet right now and so much depression is we feel so alone because you don't get me. 
but I have to first get, get conscious of my system and really excel it. And then if once, the best thing you can do, I mean, I know I feel like I'm a zealot. Like I feel like a cheerleader, like, okay, spell, give me an A, A, give me an S. Astrology, like really, that's the answer to everything? It, to me, I swear, it, like I'm listening to someone yesterday, I was watching this beautiful film about Aretha Franklin. It was a documentary, it just came out. Um, that I was watching, and I all I wanted to do, I was like killing myself. By the end of the film, I grabbed my phone, and I had to go find what her chart was, which, by the way, she was an Aries, like you, so fiery, so much passion, such an incredible expression. And then I was like, see, now I get it. But it's, and I'm a little bit obsessed, I'll be honest. That's all right, you can be obsessed. Well, there's definitely value in it, and, and I think that it comes from understanding, and, and a lot of people who are suffering, like if you... Are you suggesting too, like people are like depressed or anything, just do your chart. And that's a, like a foundation of understanding who you are and how you naturally operate. And from that, then you can have compassion for the sides of you that maybe aren't as, as you know, level 90. When you build those old video games, you get to build your skill. It was like in fighting or skateboarding, like agility, you get 10, but you'd have to go power and then endurance, right? So you can't have maxed out all of them. You know, you have levels. And so you kind of understand it. So once, game. yeah. So once you understand your levels, um, does this work into like, how would you use this for somebody who's depressed and like they hate everything they're listening to this. They just hate everything. Life isn't going the way they want. And then the other individuals like they're doing pretty well. And how would this help me? Um, we talk a lot about, and the, oh, there's a lot of information out there. It's like how to live your life from your passion. Um, that idea, you know, living, you uh, living a magical Matt, life. Matt, 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 you don't have a problem with that one. Okay. No. You are living your life with passion, Mr. Fireman. But if you're, <laughs> if, you're, if you're a water sign and you suffer from depression, you're reclusive, you're internal, you love listening to podcasts because you don't want to leave the house and you're stuck inside your computer, there's an upside to that that has to get discovered by studying. Like, there's no right or wrong. So the fire guy, so you have a classical personality of being physical, athletic, adventure, taking risks, always being outside. You can't live. If I said to you, go sit inside, and turn on the computer and live in it, you'd be like, you'd lose, it's like a fish out of water. You wouldn't be able to breathe. But if I said to a water person, get on the YouTube and you're gonna be part of the Facebook Live and you're gonna say, be like, don't put me in front of the people. Like water, and that's what creates depression is pushing down, depression is the word, depressing your nature instead of releasing your nature. So depression is simply, it's chemical at worst, and it's real when it's chemical, and chemicals really help. And at best, it's the, pre the prevention, the, the holding back your inner world that is like, help, help, get me out of here. And when you, when you push something down, it's exhausting. I agree. I really, I've never heard that before, depressing your nature for depression. And so what do you recommend for somebody to get out of that? So if I could tell you how many people in our school, I love when this happens. Like the woman, this was the craziest story yesterday. So this is crazy. She was a double Leo, it rules the heart. I can't believe this is true, but I'm just going to report what I read. One of my mentors was teaching class because we have school twice a year and they're in the middle of the class now. It happens in September and in January. And so they're in the class right now. Um, this is so crazy. She had a heart problem. She had arrhythmia, is that how you say it? And she was being diagnosed that her life was going to be shortened because it was constantly going on. She studied astrology and found out that her heart wasn't open. 
that she had shut down all of her fires. She was depressed and she wasn't activating her fire. And as she got the homework from level one, which is part of school, she started moving her energy. Her heart has not had one episode and the doctors can't figure out what happened. But she came back to her nature, which was to get up. Like I look at someone's chart like yours and sometimes honest to God, like you're obviously actively pursuing consciousness or you wouldn't be here. But there's some people like you who have been suppressed and they're self-conscious about their fire and they were told they were too much and they were too loud and they had too many injuries and they didn't want to go exercise anymore and they get fat and they sit at home and they eat too many potato chips and then they come take the class and I'm like, put the potato chips down and get outside. They're like, I used to go outside. Well, you've left a part of you behind. And if you can't identify what you left behind, it will haunt you. And that's called depression. Now, that's not true for chemical depression, and I understand that completely, and I've been trained as a clinical psychologist, so I don't disregard the truth of the chemistry, because that's not depression as we know it, as I'm described. That is chemistry. But when it's physical energy that you have pushed down, or in which case you're, you've, here's a good one, you broke your heart, you ended a relationship, and you're never going to open it again. How many times have I heard that from women my age? Like, what? What? Well, you just lost your, you're leaving your life behind. You're gaining all this weight. You have no juju left and you stopped having orgasms. Oh no. Beep, beep, wrong answer. I'm waiting for you to smile. That orgasm word. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so if there's an over-aged woman or man who stopped having orgasms, it's a problem. And it happens to so many people. They give up on the fun factor. Like, you know, I don't know. I think sometimes they gave me some kind of special genes because I'm in my 60s and I'm having more fun now. We're not going to talk about my sex life, but I'm having more fun now than I've ever had. Well, that's good. So that's because I made a conscious decision to fall in love with my fate. And by the way, on the way into my life, if I tell you my story, like my father was in the Jewish mafia, my brother was on heroin, and my husband died from MS, and I have a hundred stories that would make your hair grow on that head of yours. However, I'm not going there right now, except to say to you, hell is a doorway to get to transformation. Do not mistake hell as a place to pack your, unpack your bags and live. Hmm. Well, hmm. It's interesting that you share that because it kind of goes on to like our, our other point of just saying like, it's all perfect. Like we're not saying, you know, like it's not all perfect. You had a challenging scenario that got you to where you are today and it is magical. And you phrase it in a different way that I think is like more real, you know, like a lot of the, we're kind of, um, we're doing the Instagram filter of spirituality where like a part of it can be, life can be more magical, more fulfilling, more compassion, more ease. Um, but it's not just the Instagram filters. Most of the spiritual work is like the challenge, you know, doing, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's helping your friend move on a Sunday. That's spiritual. <laughs> Nobody wants to, you, the spiritual person goes to help. You help That's them. exactly right. Get up, share, open your heart, and eat the poison. The thing about peacocks, no one knows this story. The reason why peacocks have neon lights and they're an ancient symbol in India of enlightenment is because they eat the poison off the tree and they transmute the poison into neon colors. That's called enlightenment. But you have to eat the poison. You cannot get stopped at hell and camp out. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a great analogy. And one that I heard, I think it was like a shocker podcast years ago, but um, just basically like moving through it, 
You know, you have a challenge and you're going to move through. Same with like in sports and injury. It's like, this is a part of it. The better I can, you know, adapt to what's happening, accept it. You know, like when Bruce Lee broke his back, they're like, you're never going to walk again. Or definitely you're not doing martial arts. And in that time, he read about all of the different martial arts in the world. He's just studied over those months in there and learned so much and then applied it. So not only did he heal himself, he educated himself. And then he came out and that was the scenario that created Bruce Lee. He wouldn't have been the same man had he not done that. And that was adapting to a crappy situation. So he didn't stay in hell and say, what was me? And, and even if like, like I said, like if you, if you're going through something challenging or um, an injury or whatever, if you don't give yourself the opportunity to like get out of it, you're giving no chance. You're, it's kind of like missing hundred percent of the shots. You don't, you don't take, you have to give yourself. Oh, um, oh that's interesting. What is it? A little walkie talkie. You just oh. decided she got so excited. I don't have to live in hell. She said she's listening to you. Oh, your phones yeah. definitely listen to you. That's like a side note, but they do my, Oh, it's, that's, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. So what I want to ask though, I want to make sure, do you want to, do you want to say something? No, no, what you I just said? Ask the question. Okay. The question was, does astrology, um, from what you've researched, share any information on what's going on in the world about all the baloney about like our stuff. There's just so much stuff. It's the 5D, it's the ascension, it's the shift, it's the new consciousness, it's the golden age. You know, I've read so many different things and, and parts of that I definitely resonate with and parts of it, it feels like more of a, you know, it could be, I don't know, but there's just so much of it. Does it share anything about that? Definitely, definitely. So there's no question we are in the Aquarian age. We're on an internet. Look at us. Look what we're doing right now. We are in cyberspace. I don't even know who you are. I'm in my bedroom. I always tell everybody I must have been a prostitute in a past life because I work on my bed all the time. We're in cyberspace. I don't know who you are. You're asking me the deepest questions you can come up with. This is called the Aquarian Age. This is the Aquarian Age. The Aquarian Age, the last age, which lasts for 2,100 years, was Piscean. And that was follow the leader, be normal, look, try to be in religious orders, take what they tell you to do, follow what they say. And then came the 60s, which was the turning of the tides, where they went, are you kidding me? Take off your clothes, take drugs, don't follow the rules, break every So it's been a radical departure and we're just two minutes in. And this era was predicted, as all the astrologies or all the prophets knew, that we would enter a phase where everything would become chaotic. So the good news is we're on schedule. The bad news is we're not listening. So the prophets talk, but if no one's paying attention, what do we do with that story? So there's a lack of attentiveness. We are not listening. And what does it mean to listen? The words listen and silent have the same letters. In order to listen, you've got to stop talking. You have to listen in the depths of your body, not from your head. And all we do, we just, we're like little heads walking around. You know, in the, in the Hopi Indians, they have a prophecy that I was given privy to at a very young age, I met the one white woman on the planet that was allowed to live with the Hopis. And they showed her the graph that described the prophecy. And the description of us in this era, the first description of humans was a stick figure with a cane in the hand on the earth and a feather in the head. And that's what they would look like when they were connected to the early times. Then there was a break, and this is who we are now. The stick figure is no longer connected to the head and the body, so the, the body's separated. There's no longer a feather to the heavens, and there's no longer a stick to the earth. We are disembodied stick figures. How, how accurate is that? 
So where once we were connected, we are not now. Now, you, in your work, you're trying to help us. You're like, who's the wisdom keepers? How do I bring them together? How do I ask the right questions to facilitate listening? But we're so stuck in our heads. We listen to a theory like, everything's perfect and everyone creates their own reality. You can too. And then as we come home, we're suddenly feeling like, I don't want to. I'm going to watch this video. Like, we're, we're just, it's a theory. It's not embodied. Embodiment means taking off your shoes and walking barefoot. It means eating your chocolate slowly. It means smelling the fresh air. We, we're so busy. So, yes, we are at a change of times. Yes, it was predicted. Yes, we're on schedule. And I'm worried. Because the human condition, from a point of view of a psychologist that I am, I'm looking around going, there's so few that talk from experience in their own first language. I, Deborah, I'm an airhead, not everyone's theory. <laughs> Here's my newest theory that I've just written about astrology and psychology. I keep it really, really personal and transparent, and I do my best to be authentic. And it's embarrassing. But I like to kind of be embarrassed. I've realized my new thing, no one even knows this. Ready for my new disclosure? Well, they knew it. This is crazy. I made this decision about a month ago to go study stand-up comedy because I thought maybe I, but I was so scared and I wrote it on Facebook and then I got the most, in all my time on Facebook, I had like 500 likes and 300 comments. I guess it was the right answer because I got so many people saying to me, you're so funny. You're so, and I thought, oh boy, now I, so then I took the class and I was so scared. And this is like the craziest thing. I took the class. It was a week long. The teacher was amazing. Shout out to Ann Randolph. She was remarkable. And then she told me I had to do an improv instead of reading because everybody else read their script. She said, Deborah, I was like, oh my God. So I got on the stage and I was like, I was so, I was, it was ridiculous how scared I was. I mean, I've never been so scared. Even giving birth, I was scared. Anyways, I got a standing ovation. I couldn't even take it in. I went, we, I went home with my sweetie that night. We drove back to where I lived after the event. And I didn't even comment on the standing ovation. And I woke up in the morning. I turned to him and I said, did I get a standing ovation last night? And he said, yes. And I said, oh my God, I couldn't take it in. This is so overwhelming for me. So my edge right now is I would like to use humor to make fun of us. But I'm a little scared because I don't know why I'm so scared. Hmm. It's like the JP Sears. I love his stuff. It's hilarious. Like he, he hits the nail on the head so often and it's so good. And um, I think it, you know, there's a lot of it, like what I've seen happen over the years is like, because I was into this when I was younger through martial arts, I was just curious about this stuff. And it's only been really five, 10 years where all of a sudden and now really? everybody knows about chakras and consciousness and, you know, as, and it's just really exploding. Kind of like when, when I was a kid skateboarding, Nobody skated. Then all of a sudden, everybody skated, and you'd have a skateboard even if you 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 know didn't skate. You just got, use it. you just got all the gear, and I think it's really good. I think it's a good thing. Um, but the challenge comes when we can be confused on are people you know talking themselves up because more like more than what they can do or more than what they know, and are they remaining humble because? in sports and fitness and skateboarding and the body and business, it's direct. You have a measurable result where a lot of this stuff is very theory, you know, that, you know, psychology is supposed to show you what actually works. You know what I mean? But then there's still a lot of theory, a lot of ideas. And how does it work for everybody? Does it work for this specific individual? And then it's like, what do you actually know? 
you know? And like the more that I know that like I knew a long time ago, I don't know anything. Like I barely know anything. It's just like, I have like, I know a bit about how to stay in shape. I know a bit about traveling. I know a bit about, you know, meditation and, and let's say conscious practices and things like that. But like, you know, being our own master, being authentic and sharing from direct experiences, I think is the most valuable thing. And if we can do that, we're really going to help each other rather than try to make it like a little bit more, more fluffy, you know, like just be humble. You know, I was like, what do you know? What have you experienced? And, you know, and from that conversation, we can find the real wisdom because I've, I've been, you know, I think over the last couple of years, it's been a lot simpler, you know, everything is just kind of getting more simple than more complicated. And it's interesting you brought up the Hopi because uh, I had Clifford Mahuti on my podcast and, um, you know, Clifford? Uh-huh. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so we actually uh, studied with another Native American elder, David Lombard Senapas, and they did a talk in Sedona and they're still in communication. And uh, he talked about the fifth world and the way that those two elders talk about it is very different than what's out there. They both say that they don't want to get caught in the rhetoric of what is happening out there. There's like, this is not our history. You know, we, we, there's bits of truth of what you're talking about, but then you, they say you add on, you know, so then you add on and, and, and do all these other things. So anyway, that's just my rant about the fifth world. I think that we're moving towards that. And so what do you think as an individual or, or as a community on the planet, we can do to aid this shift so it goes smoothly and we can reconnect with. Well, you just named it, just named it. Be simple, be authentic, mm. Step, get naked, be honest, strip yourself, just be honest with people. Don't pretend, we spend so much time pretending. And if, if and, and stripping naked means when people say, how are you, tell the truth. Like, oh my God, I just fell in love. Whoever says that, why don't we tell people? Like, I just had the most remarkable experience with my best friend last night. Like, I would really, and I'm not saying that I'm good at this because I tend to um, talk less and listen more. That's one of my favorite things to do in this life, which is why I tattooed on my arm the words listen and silent. I really love to listen. And listening deeply will provide us with the transition because we can't figure out, I love what the Hopis say, we can't figure out this outer world, but we can really do our work simple. You said it so well, Einstein said it, the more I know, the more I know I don't know. So that humility, Einstein, that humility sets us up to be authentic humans who can turn to your friend and say, I'm scared. I'm scared about the future. Or I'm lonely. I'm in the middle of my family's dinner and there's Easter and I walked away feeling I had to go have some more sugar because I felt so sad. And And whoever says that stuff? But I love when people tell the truth. I, that's why I love AA meetings. I, I, I don't have a problem with alcohol, but I go because I love to hear people say, my name's Deborah, I'm alcoholic, and you won't believe what happened to me. And they just spill their beans. <laughs> what were you thinking just then? I was thinking like those comedy movies when, I, I don't know if it was a show, but the person that goes into the circle, but they don't have a problem. You know, they just, they're addicted. Oh, is that, know what that is? That's, um, oh my God, Fight Club. She's not, a, she doesn't have a problem. She's addicted to going to the different circles. And so they, they just go to these different circles. That's you. It's amazing. You know, okay. It's so, me. I'm- so when, if we get to this space that we're being radically authentic, right? Um, I think that the challenge is, is how it's received where most, many people 
might not be uh, compassionate or give a crap or just, ha- you know what I mean? Like you're going out there and they just have no real understanding of what's going on. So it's a scary place to put yourself out there in a real way where that person, you know, like might not be so uh, compassionate or understanding or, you know, it's a frightening thing. So do you think you just put yourself out there anyways? No, what, what you do is you find, and I, I want to hear you tell me one authentic sentence before we're done. That's really raw because I told you mine. Um, let's see. There are people that I can promise you in my community, I practice this authentic, recall authenticity, and there is a group of women that are in my organization, and I have a large organization around the world, there's students of mine everywhere that are practicing this. So you, you can smell them. You know when you meet someone and you go, why do I like that person? Because you can feel they're real, and my definition of real is raw, emotional, authentic love. Like those people that you meet, you go, they're so real. And then you love them. So give me one real sentence from Matt. Like if you had to disclose something here on Facebook Live that no one knew about you, what would it be? Uh, well, there's lots of things people don't know about me. Um, I think like the, the most honest thing that I could share right now is uh, I'm going to be a dad. And it is exciting and terrifying. And I don't know what I'm doing. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like I have so much stuff. I had such a different life of like, how I navigated the world, you know, like I just, I only need a little bit, you know, my, I was pursuing experiences, I was pursuing knowledge, I was pursuing adventure, I was pursuing um, teachers. And now I'm like, I have to change all of that. And like, how do I come and make it like, change all this into a business, which I never ever thought about um, taking care of two people. And so I'm, that is it's so like, beautiful. And Jupiter, the planet terrifying. of abundance, is in the house of children for you right now. So it's very interesting. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yep. That's, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't mind. But now it's like, oh, goodness. You know, strollers are a thousand bucks. I didn't know that. <laughs> what? So honest. So honest and so real. And that's where spirituality on your story, the compassion for a man entering fatherhood and wanting to do it as only you could do it because you're so unusual. Your chart can't follow. So you're going to make it your own. And you have permission, said the astrologer, to be very unique and say to your wife or partner, please don't lock me in to some identity as a father that doesn't resonate with me or I'm going to find myself in resistance. So you have to make an agreement with yourself that it's going to be completely on your terms, keeping your exercise in place, making sure you still have adventures, letting your partner know that that will not be sacrificed because of a dad's role. But that takes courage. And you're built for courage, by the way. You're so, you, like, you love when it's scary. I've had some pretty interesting encounters. Well, I appreciate that feedback. And, and thankfully, I have an incredible partner who uh, allows me to be me, which is really good, because I am a very interesting individual comparatively to, you know, the friends that I grew up with who are interesting in their own way, but I'm like, you know, doing different things. Yes, so, you are. So I that's have- great. And we have to be aware of time, but I want to say to you that that was such a practical application of this work. I can look at your chart and say, your sun's in Aries, your moon's in Aquarius. That tells me you're an adventuresome, non-traditional, walking on your own path, and you cannot follow. So having said that, you've got such a love for love with your Venus and Pisces. You love love. You don't want to lose yourself, and there's a dance. 
between staying true to yourself and being with the partner who lets you be you. If every person on this planet had a partner that said, please be you, and that's why you gotta get your chart done. And by the way, Deborah Silverman Astrology, it's super easy. You just go to my website, there's a whole bunch of them. It's like 200 bucks, they record it, it's an hour long, you give it to your partner, you say to her, this is who I am, and then she goes, got it, let me help you be you. And then they fell in love and lived happily ever after. Yeah, that you know, it's interesting that you're saying that um, only because I've done a lot of these things and I know the value of them. And, and, you know, you can think that you understand someone and you can think that you understand yourself and you can look at it and take what resonates and what doesn't. But the more you can know about yourself, the more that you can know about someone you love, maybe it's a son, a daughter, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a lover. And, and then with that awareness comes compassion because it's the things in the unconscious you don't understand and that's where all the friction comes and then you build on and that's where you're living in unconsciousness because you don't even know what the root of the problem is so uh, I agree it's a very empowering and valuable thing to know that's brilliant so so my book the missing element is a shortcut to the class or to getting a reading and you and I sign autograph them and put your chart in the book if you get it on my website it's called the missing you can also get it at um What's that called? Amazon. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Amazon, this giant Amazon is where all the books are. Um, and you can also, I have something called the star community, which is a, a membership site where you can just begin to learn astrology as a very beginner, thestarcommunity.com. It's a monthly fee and you learn every month that sign. So that's another way to continue your study. If you have never studied astrology, it's a great entrance. And then there's my school, which is only twice a year, but you can really learn. I mean, my favorite thing is watching people. It's so much fun, like getting from being depressed to being active, to, to falling in love with their husband again. Like, oh, now I, like my story, my brother, like now I know why this person doesn't talk. And when there's that level of language of the stars, when the cosmic language returns to our zeitgeist, when we can speak it, we'll know that we are entering the Aquarian age for real. And we are turning that corner of how do I listen to my own self? I'm a little worried. I, I have to say, because I've got a lot of millennials around me who I adore. And I help as many as I can because I am on that path of service. But I worry because I can see the secret unconscious fear that's harbored in people's psyche that says, I'm, we're not going to make it through this. And, and the Hopis are so honorable because they have this word called Kayanis Katsi which is all about, we don't know where it will go. You, you can go look that up. It's a hard word to spell, Kayanis Katsi. But the Hopis were wise enough to say, this is a collective decision we're making. It's not hard science that we know where we're going. This is a decision as a collective. And my simple request is, fall in love with who you are. Do your chart. Really learn how to listen with your body. And don't forget you're not a mistake. Like, God was not making a mistake, goddess, when she made you. You are exactly, I mean, I don't want to say perfect, but you're, you're completely doing what you're supposed to be doing in your weird way. It's just the refinement. And that's where psychology and therapy, it's not just astrology. You can go do yoga. You can go do skateboarding. You can go do meditation. There's all kinds of ways to reactivate your love for life because that's the end of the story. Am I in love with this life? Or do I have a secret wish that I really don't care and so I eat like shit and I don't exercise and I don't take care of my family and I really don't, you know, I, I have secrets and I have addictions and all that unconscious material, you named it, all that unconscious material is what's going to ruin the planet.
it's not really ecological. That's an outer reflection, the environment of what we're doing to ourselves. So you can make a huge difference, one person, by taking respect for this temple and taking respect for my family and really being honest and saying out loud, I'm scared or I'm lonely or I'm in love. Like, it'd be so fun. It would be so fun if we lived in a world where everything slowed down and we walked. And when we saw somebody, we sat down and really, how are you? And they tell you, you go, tell me really. And you weren't in a rush. Wouldn't that be so cool? Yeah, I think so. And I think that you shared a lot of uh, amazing closing statements. You really summarized it. Um, it's It's easy to like like to say and hard to do, but it is that simple. That's the thing. It doesn't need to be more complicated than that. It's just execution and just work on your execution each and every day. So I definitely uh, resonate with everything they just shared there and I invite people to do their best to do that, to um, just fall in love with themselves and to be. You? I can't remember how I found you. Uh, I think one of your team reached out uh, like uh, Rachel Linden. Yeah, I get a few PR companies that um, reach out and suggest guests all the time. I, the podcast is, I love it. It's also become its own animal though. <laughs> like I, the amount of intake I get and, and it's, it's taken up a lot of time. That's why it's just like, there's all these things I want to create in this, this animal of the podcast is taking an enormous amount of time, which I'm grateful for. I just need to modify this to keep it going, to continue the podcast and also, figure out finances and life and being an adult and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be an interesting ride and, and we'll see how it goes. Well, this was what you are a great interviewer. I just want to acknowledge your chi, your energy, your fire activates my, our fire, whoever you're interviewing and it sets us off. So well done. Well, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you coming on and your work and for your passion and your wit and your potty mouth at times. Um, <laughs> Uh, so is there anything that you, else you want to say, leave listeners with before we go? Anything you wish I had asked, anything like that? Yeah, no, just, just don't ever give up the faith that this planet can be healed. It makes you want to cry. And don't ever let go of your simple value as a being. No matter what you think you're doing, you're so valuable because it's a vibrational game here. And if everyone would just stay true to keeping their heart open, I promise you we could turn this corner. I love it. I agree. Thank you so much for coming on. I invite everybody to go check out your website, get your chart done. Um, if you're in a relationship, test it out. You know, there's a lot of things out there. I've done it. I know that it's very valuable and I can concur and agree with what you've shared there. The more consciousness we can bring to our own unconsciousness and the more compassion we can and understanding we can have for others, the better. So thank you so much for your work. Thank you. All right. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace out. All right, guys. I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Deborah Silverman. We definitely covered a lot of topics. Very interesting take on a lot of things. I have done an astrology reading before, and I was kind of surprised at how specific it was, how much information that I um, received from it. So if you're curious, go check out our website. Give it a shot. It can't hurt to know more about you to explore these things, to understand ourselves in an even deeper way. So go check her out. Um, thank you guys for all of you guys who are sharing. If you like this episode, please take a screenshot, share on Instagram,
Instagram, share on Facebook and social media. Make sure you tag me in it. Let me know where you're listening. That really does help. Leaving a review in iTunes and obviously Patreon. If you want to toss a buck in the bucket, it really helps for me to continue this podcast and bring you these incredible guests and these incredible minds and uh, stories to help us all improve our lives and ourselves and our communities and our families and ideally the planet. Um, But the best thing you can do if you're really understanding the show is do one kind act today for someone else. Uh, Maybe leave some, let somebody in in traffic, say a kind word, listen to someone, get someone's name. All of that really works and uh, is, uh, um, what's the word for it? Appreciated and encouraged. That's the word. I encourage that. Um, What's that? What else? What else? Um, For those of you guys who want some coaching, mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. A lot of programs. I just need to know what you're you're about, what you want to do. If you want some speaking or training as well, just hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com and uh, we'll, we'll go down the rabbit hole there. And I think that's it. I got a lot of stuff to do today, so I'm going to wrap this up. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's end it up by coming into a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly, feeling yourself with joy, peace, compassion, empowerment, and ready to take on the rest of the day. We'll see you in the next episode.